Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Get Up and Do Something Uplift podcast series. Today, we sit down with Dr. Michael Peterson. Dr. Peterson is the chair of the Department of Behavioral Health and Nutrition, as well as a professor at the University of Delaware. He is the founding director of the Graduate Program in Health Promotion, the Clinical Health Coaching Program, the founding and current director of Get Up and Do Something, and the Health Coaching Research and Training Center. Dr. Peterson has worked with thousands of students over his 31-year academic career and been a sought-after work and life advisor for scores of students. He has done extensive research in health promotion, focusing on human stress, media and health, and behavior change. He is a sought-after speaker and a thought-provoking and challenging teacher in the classroom. Dr. Peterson, welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We're very excited to have you here today. This is a topic that's really discussed, but very critical. Um, anxiety seems to be at an all-time high in the age group of your 20s. So we just want to start off by asking you, why are many of us so stressed out during this time? Well, I think uh, you know we've seen an increase in the amount of stress and anxiety among people in their 20s. This is especially true in in colleges where upwards of one in five are suffering from some kind of anxiety or or stress issue, a stress-related issue. And I think a lot of it is, you know, it's a different time than, than probably previous generations, but also I think a lot of students are less prepared with certain life skills, right, that, or real skills that other generations have had in the past where they come to school and they could do certain things. I think we find a lot of students today come and they don't have what I, what I would call the skills, right, that are necessary to be um, as successful as they would like, but uh, not that they can't develop those, but they don't have those experiences that they've had that say previous generations had where you had to go out and find money, work, or do things like that. We find a lot of kids today come to college and they haven't really ever worked or they haven't really proven themselves. And the other thing that that, that I think uh, stresses a lot of young people out is their need for control. They want to control their life. They want to make sure everything's going to be okay. And they want to make sure that, you know, if they do this, they can guarantee that this outcome will, will occur. And that's not life. That's not real. Uh, in fact, you can't control most of the things in your life. You can do many things, but oftentimes things occur that are out of your control and you have to learn to ebb and flow with the, with the changes in life that occur. And so I think that having a, the right mindset you know, or having a missed mindset that you can do this and all these expectations are going to occur the way you want them to be, it can be somewhat misleading. And it also can be a little anxiety producing. I think a lot of people think, well, I, this is what I want to do in life. Um, but life may have a different um, response for that. They might say, or life might dictate that what you really wanted to do really isn't something that can be done or is even marketable that you can make a living at. And so I think people worry about those things. But also, I think it's a time of transition where you're, you're going from high school, you're pretty much have been taken care of, and now you're being independent. And it's a little scary, right? And you have to do things on your own. You have to begin to manage your own life. You have to begin to take on real adult responsibilities where maybe you haven't had. That's the life skills point I was making earlier. Or, and that's uh, and it can be a little bit scary for people. They're a little apprehensive. They don't know what they can do. Um, and so it leads to this anxiety. Wow. So you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned um, a lack of wanting control. You also mentioned 
lack of preparation earlier in life. And you also mentioned expectations. So with this expectations, what are some of the expectations that you believe people have in their 20s? Well, I think some of the expectations, uh, some of them can be quite good, and but some of them that can lead to this general anxiety is the expectation that as soon as I get out of college or if I get a certain degree, I'm going to get my ideal job, right? Or I'm going to have this wonderful relationship. Relationship's going to be just exactly like what's on TV, right? And what I see or romance. It's very idealistic. And young people's idealism is, is very common. Every generation has their, their idealism. But it, you, over time, you sort of have to temper that with pragmatism and, and realism. And I think a lot of people, when they, for example, when you're looking at work, right, your, your expectations are that you're going to get this great job when you get out. Well, the first job may not be a great job. In fact, it may not be a job that you really like, but it's something that pays the bills. Um, your relationships might not be exactly what you romantically would think. All of a sudden, you start to get to know people and, they're, and they have flaws. Right. You may not have thought that that person had flaws, but we all have flaws, right? And so you, these expectations lead to some bit of anxiety or did I make poor choices or did I do something that, you know, did I, should I decide to do something else? Um, and that can be a, a problem. And just in general, the idea is their expectations that they have to be at a certain point in life at age 22, age 24, age 28, right? And not realizing that everyone is unique. Everyone has their own skills, their abilities, their own talents, their own backgrounds, their own, you know, just the environment in which they live. Uh, the expectation is sort of that, that we all are going to have this particular outcome. And at this stage in my life, I will be able to achieve X or Y, just like all my friends or some of my friends. Well, that actually sets you up for disappointment because your life's going to be in a go in a very different direction. You're a unique individual. I often talk to my students about the difference between bricks and stones. And I, I don't know if you heard, have heard this before, but it's the idea is that many times society wants to make us into bricks so that we're all the same. And this is sort of what you are. And you're just at your 20s. This is what the ideal life is or this is what the ideal job is or whatever it might be, the right house, the right car. And that's that sort of a, puts you in a kind of a mold. Whereas the idea of being a stone, all stones are different. There's no stone that's exactly like another stone. It's a different shape, different hardness, different, different texture, different uh, luster, different, different value, different color. All these things are, are unique and, they, and every individual is unique. And so when you set yourself up to become um, these expectations to achieve something at a certain time, right, it actually fits more into the brick mentality where I'm trying to recommend that you really think about being a stone. You have your own life to live and it's going to be different from everyone else's life. And, and once you have that kind of mindset, it, it kind of frees you a little bit from these expectations and it allows you to take on the opportunities and the disappointments in your own unique way. So when looking at career choices and choosing a career during this time, um, there are cases where it's seen that that can put you into that brick mentality. So what advice can you give to someone when looking to choose a career? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a really good question because I, I hit having been in education for so long, I have so many students that come in and they say, this is what I want. When I say, come in, come in as freshmen, mm -hmm. 
and they say, here's what I want to be, right? Here's what I want to do. And then when they graduate as, and they come to their senior year, they've changed dramatically. And what they came in wanting to do, most likely they don't want to do anymore. In fact, their interests have changed and they've seen different things. They've been exposed to different things. And now they sometimes leave very confused, right? As to, well, now what do I do? I'm graduating. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. But the other thing is to think about uh, careers. You know, you can choose a profession. You can be in a general area. But it's more important to develop skills and abilities or what we call career capacity, right? And career capacity is the ability to make yourself marketable and of value to others so that they will hire you. And one of the things I I really try to stress with, with people is that you want to develop skills and you want knowledge, competencies, abilities, and get really good at them, right? And if you become really good at something, you have far more control in your life because people want you, right? And now you have the ability to make decisions as to what you want to do. The more skills you have and the more ability you have and the more value you have in terms of your, 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 um, your marketability, your vocation or your expertise, the, the, the more desirable you will be to be hired. And that helps you with a career path. Now, your first choices may not be exactly what you want to do, but every job you have and even college provides you with the ability to build your career capacity. Mm-hmm. Things that you learn, things that you do during your classes actually develop skills. Now, some majors do better at that than others. Right. And so I always tell people just, you know, you have to weigh your major and ask yourself a serious question. What skills and uh, things of value are you gaining out of this major that's going to help you in your life? And if you can't answer that question, then you might want to rethink that major, right? If it's not something that really is getting you where you want, or when you graduate and you say, nobody wants to hire people with this major, well, that should give you a good sign that it's probably not building the career capacity that you would need in order to be successful and to really launch yourself in your 20s. And then as you go through your 20s, you're, you, I just I can't tell you how many scores of people that come back to me and they've changed their job three or four times during their 20s. And that's pretty normal. Uh, getting the job like, you know, used to be that you would go in and you'd graduate and then you get a job. You'd be there for 40 years. You get the get the gold watch, the, the, the final handshake and off you do in retirement. Well, that's pretty rare today that some people do that. In fact, what I have found with the students that I've taught over the years is that Many of them will change their jobs multiple times during the first six, seven years after they graduate from college. And during those times and each time that they do that, they're building career capacity, right, so that they become more marketable. And they're exposing themselves to different people and different opportunities because of what they're doing so that they other people look at them and say, hey, you, you would be great working for us. Right. Or you might find in yourself that you have new skills and those skills are marketable that can be used in another job. Eventually, you begin to grow into a position or into a vocation or a job because your career capacity builds. And that's important to remember when going to school is just a preparation and building at the beginning. And your first jobs are all about building and you keep enhancing your skills and your competencies. And the better you get at something, right, the more marketable and valuable you are. Okay, that's great. So career capacity, we're definitely going to leave that definition in the description. 
So during this preparation time with choosing a major and choosing a career, many of us are told to follow our passion. So Dr. Peterson, what do you think about this advice of following your passion? Oh, I know a lot of people say that. I've seen that on talk shows where people will say, oh, just follow your passion. Do whatever you would like to do. Well, I think that's not good advice. In fact, I think it's really poor advice. And the reason for that is if you're passionate about something that nobody cares about, right, it's really hard to make a living, right? Maybe you're passionate about playing video games. Well, I don't know too many people who can make a living, right, playing video games. I I have, my wife works in the art community, right? And there's all these artists who are just passionate about what they do, but they can't sell anything. Right. Well, the reason they can't sell is because no one really values what they do. They may value it and they may have a passion for it, but it's not necessarily something that they can make a living at. Hence, we get the phrase starving artists. Right. But the idea here um, is really uh, when you want to commit yourself to something and then become really good at it first. So let's just say you you pick something, a job. If you become really good at something, whatever it might be. And then really develop your skills, really develop your competencies. You will begin to develop a passion for that. In fact, people who are passionate about things, really passionate and successful, are people that have learned taking on a job, whatever whatever that job may be. It could be electrician, electrician, a plumber. It could be any blue collar, white collar job. But they become very good at it, right? They become valuable and they begin to develop a passion about it, whatever it is. But they don't start with their passion. Their passion is a product of their commitment and their growth and expertise and skills and competencies. And that's really what you do. The passion part will emerge because when you become really good at something, you become, wow, I can really do it. I love to do this. Why? Because you find that you're good at it as opposed to I really I just passionate about this, but nobody wants it. Well, that's just the wrong way. And so my advice to people is, yeah, you can be, you like things and do things, but you have to weigh your passion as to whether or not it's going to be a value. But the, and the most importantly, commit to something and then focus your attention, your time and your energies on becoming good at it. So would you say finding your passion is more of a trial and error type of Oh, absolutely. Scenario? Absolutely. Yes. A lot of people don't know what they want or what they're passionate about. In fact, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people come in here and say, I don't know what I really like to do or what I want to do. Well, what you got to do is try different things, right? And get exposed to different things. And then you begin to learn what you can do or what you have a proclivity at being able to do. But also you begin to get gain competencies and career abilities because you're doing things. Right. And as you do things, you gain confidence. And as you become better at it, you get even more confidence. And then you begin to say, wow, this is really easy. Right. Or and people say, man, you're really good at that. You know, can you do this for me? Because it's something of value. Yeah. And I do believe a lot of um, people during this age group, during their 20s, do mention that they don't know what their passion is. If you ask them, what is your passion? They say that they don't know. So this is uh, definitely important to know that they definitely have to go through that do and then discover process first. Yeah. And I think too, that people need to understand that, you know, doing things just for yourself, you know, you may be passionate, but if it's only for yourself, it doesn't really build a sense of meaning in what I would call longevity, right? It's also about learning to be passionate about things that are of value to others and a benefit to others. I think 
one of the mistakes that people do is they tend to focus on things that are just what I would call inward focused. Like I like to do this for me and I'm passionate about this for me. Well, that's nice, right? Consider that a hobby or a, or a distraction. But to be successful, you really want to begin to focus on other people and what you add to and what you can bring to the table of benefit to others. And as you do that, your life will become more meaningful. And also you'll have a little bit more passion about it because you'll see the interaction, the benefits that's there. And it's reinforcing and it's an emotionally um, positive experience to see that what you're doing other people also like, and they see that's, and they, and they appreciate it. And then that begins to build. Yeah. And that's definitely a major event that's, that occurs during your twenties, finding your passion. We also touched upon education, finding a career. What are some other major events that you believe one must navigate during their twenties? Well, I think, you know, if you think about where you start in your twenties, you start as a 20 year old, you're probably two years out of high school. Um, you're still probably dependent upon your parents, right? For, to some degree, or some, someone's helping you to some degree, right? Um, you're, you're still trying to figure out life. You're only responsible really for yourself. And then you go to 29, 30, when you exit your twenties, you probably have a career by now or a job that you're, you're doing, you're living on your own, most likely, Right. And you may be having a relationship, a committed relationship, married, and you may have children. So within 10 years experience. Right. There's a lot of transition that happens. Right. A lot of things that go on. And uh, so I think when you when you really look at the things that you have to navigate, you have a lot of wonderful things. And these aren't stressful things. We all have gone through this. Right. So people older will reflect on their 20s. And they'll say, I was dirt poor, but I was happy, right? Or something like this. Well, it's because things were creating. You were doing things. You were deciding things. You were making choices, whether it be what direction you were going to go, what you're going to commit to, who you're going to have a relationship with, whether you're going to start a family. All those things were big decisions. And they're, they're, they're anxiety producing, as we talked about earlier, right? Because they're life, big life choices. But they're also exhilarating experiences because it's an adventure, and I tell people, have a kind of a mindset of an adventure. Don't try to plan it all out, right? It's not going to work that way. In fact, I, I make this comment and I make the analogy of wayfaring, right? As you go through your 20s, there, there's a one line of thought. People say, well, life is linear. I do this and it leads to this and this is the outcome and this is the next thing that's going to happen and this is the next thing that's going to happen. What they're saying is life is pretty predictable and I want it to be predictable. But predictable life, by definition, is sort of boring, right? If you think everything's predictable, you know what's going to happen. Well, then what's the value in that? In fact, you do need stress in your life to actually make your life of interest. It makes a better story, right? So if you have some stress, that's very good. But wayfaring, right, coming back to that, is really how we go through life. And wayfaring is, is the way that people would navigate across the seas or whatever, across land. They would go from one point to another point, right? And they would go off in a general direction. They say it was point A and they would move to a port, next port, or they would go to a town or whatever it was. And then at that town, you begin to make, you, you reassess your situation. You say, who do I know? What's my resources, right? What, 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 what are my difficulties? Who are my friends? Who are the people that can help me? Who are, who, maybe you've made some new acquaintances that can help you. Maybe there's new opportunities at, the point, at this port that you didn't have at, at the previous place that you were at, say, a few years ago. 
And now you get to make a decision again, right? Well, maybe a new job opportunity came up. Maybe you met a person who led to a, a different opportunity that you would have never thought of. Um, and that be you then at that second point, you begin to make in a different direction. You decide I'm going to go here because this is where I'm going to do. And you do that for a few years and then you meet somebody, right? And you, all of a sudden it becomes a committed relationship. Now you got two people. So basically you took them on board, right? And they become part of your adventure, right? Now you have a couple of people making decisions, but now they're making choices and things are happening. It's a different circumstance down the road. Life has changed. And your the economy may have changed, or the environment may have changed, or any number of things may have changed over the course of that time and that traveling through t- I call time and space. And you have to make a decision again. People ask me, they said, "Well, how did you get into higher education?" Well, I said, "If you would have known me as an undergraduate, I hated school, right? I hated school because I thought it was boring, right? I'd sit there at school and go, oh, here we go, rote memorization. Here's another multiple choice test, kind of dull and boring.'" Um, but opportunities happened in my life that were very different that brought me back to academia. Um, and I actually have enjoyed it. I've obviously, so I've been over it in three decades, so it's been quite a long time. But at the time when I was in my 20s, in fact, I tell people when I was 22, I just started college after dropping out three times, right? Tried it three times and just didn't like anything I did. Um, and then changed my major five times, right? And I said, because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. But each experience built and it helped me to refine what I was trying to do and where I wanted to go. Now, back then, going to school was less expensive than it was today. So the costs weren't as high. But I will tell you that, you know, basically you wayfare your way through. You make choices. You go to one place. And if you make another choice, you could have gone in another direction. And those are just the way things are. People worry about their choices, too, and they think, well, did I make the right choice? Well, who knows, right? You'll never know. You made the choice you did, and that's where you're going, right? Now, it doesn't mean you can't make further choices or decide to go in different directions later on in your life. That's always available. In fact, you always have the control to make a choice, right? And I think some people think they don't, but you do. Some, sometimes the choice will be very difficult. I'm not saying it's always easy. But there are things that you you always have the ability to make a choice in how you respond and how you react, right? And especially to life events. And you said um, that we do always have the control. And I think many of us put in our 20s, put deadlines on these major life events to have a feeling of more control. But as you said, even with Wayfair, and you still have the control to make a, make a choice and make a decision. Yeah, and I think, but too, and I think that, what you what you said is very true. I want to, when people say, by this time, I want to have this outcome. Yes. Well, you could have a storm comes up. You're traveling, you're sailing, you want to make it to this port. Well, all of a sudden, a storm knocks you off course for a while. Well, that happens. That's life. Um, life it can be brutal sometimes. It can, it can create things. All of a sudden, a health problem occurs or a major uh, economic or financial um, burden comes on you that you never planned for, never thought was going to happen. Uh, These things occur to to everyone at some time, in some way, some shape and form. It's part of being human. It's part of the experience. And to try to control all those things and prevent all those things is, is, is stressful in and of itself. And the mindset to Wayfair is really, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to sail the best I can. But I'm also trying to be as prepared as I can for these, for these disasters or these, these events. But you can't prevent them, 
entirely. Things happen and, and they may not even be of your choosing. It could be because of another choice that somebody else made that has an impact on you. Right. And so don't try to overly control for these things. What it is is begin to just have commit to things, work towards things, have goals, move forward, but also have the ability to bend. Mm-hmm. Um, I once had a, a, a fellow mention to me, he says it was basically it was a saying that says the reed that is a grass reed. Right. Can't tell the wind what to do. And what that basically meant is that if a reed stands in the wind and it's just stiff, it'll break. Right. I'm going to make it happen even despite all the forces. But a reed that is able to bend with the wind stays rooted and is able to withstand the wind. So you can't tell it to them, but you got to kind of flow with it. And I think many times young people have this vision that I can do this, I can do that. Well, yeah, you, you, you do that. You try to do it the best you can, but also be able to be, to be flexible and be able to, you know, bend with the wind. So do you believe preparation is the best way to be able to bend? Well, I think preparation, but also having a mindset that you can't control everything. I think this idea of control, it's, it's, it's in our culture that we have to control everything and, and be that. And, and having a sense of lack of control is probably one of the biggest stressors that people have. You know, and things happen in life and oh, it's, it's terrible, whatever it might be. And the people that tend to navigate uh, life well, have, they have this, what I call a realistic sense of what they can control, what they can't. They're able to surrender or not commit to things that perhaps they they thought they should have, but they realize that circumstances have changed and they need to refocus and reassess the situation. That's what wayfaring is all about. You go through, sometimes you got to reassess. Your provisions got waterlogged. All right, now you got to do something about that. You didn't plan for that, but it happened, right? And so how can you do that? Well, maybe you prepared and you maybe had something in a sack that was all dry goods or something. That's great. All right, for you. So you're prepared so you can get through. It's like I tell people, a good thing to do is always have a month or two savings, just just financial savings, so that if emergencies do come up, you can cover those. And you're not like, oh, what do I do now? Right. And that's just being fiscally responsible. So you, there are things that you can do. You're not a totally at what I call at the mercy of whatever yeah. happens. I mean, that's the impression I don't want to give. But I also what I'm really picking on is people trying to control everything. And when things don't work their way, they begin to say, well, uh, they begin to lose heart and they begin to lose a sense of confidence. And I said, but that's just life. Right. It happens. Mm-hmm. So while going through life and going through our 20s, um, we're speaking about all these major events and things that come up as we're wayfaring through life. We need to try to balance all of these major events. Balance is in life is such a concern today. And how do you believe that we manage all of these different events? Well, I think I think balance is important. And, and a lot of things, the research I've done and other things I've worked on, we look at work-life balance and we look at mm-hmm. family balance and all sorts of things that people are trying to do. And I think your generation is a little bit more focused on how to balance these things than, say, mine, which is more the baby boomers, which was work, 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 and get, 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 and do things like that. Um, but I think one of the things about this is you have to learn to prioritize. What's important to you, right? And um, I have an exercise that I like to give students and things to help them do this. And it's really, it's kind of a bit morbid, but it's a good exercise. I actually learned it from somebody else and I've, I've copied it ever since. It's the idea of you've, if you think of yourself at the end of your life, right? At the end of your life, how do you want to be remembered? 
right? When you're, when you are gone and people say, you know, this is you and what are they going to think of, right? Or what do you want them to think of? Do you want to think of them that you are a good mother? Do you want a good um, a wife, a good husband, a good, um, you know, spouse of some sort, a good, of a good parent, a good electrician, right? A good professional, an artist, maybe it's something else that you wanted to do, or maybe it's something, uh, an athlete or, um, you know, someone who's, you know, whatever it might be, it could be any number of things. And I have them listed out. And then I ask them to, to think about, well, okay, what is most important out of that list to you in terms of what you want to be? And so I'll say, well, I want to be a good sister, right? To my, to my family and things like this. Well, how much time are you devoting to that? Is it adequate? Right. Well, no, I haven't talked to my sisters in years. Right. Well, okay. If that's important to you, clearly you're not demonstrating that in your use of your resources, in this case, time or energy. And so you may want to prioritize. Are you spending too much time on something that you don't really value? Right. Is it something that you're, you're doing? And I think some people come to that conclusion a lot in when work life balance, when they're saying that I'm spending 10, 12, 14 hours a day at work and I'm not spending any time with my family. And then they begin to say, well, maybe I, sh- you know, I need to rethink this or get a new job or make a different choice. Uh, in relationships, if you want to have a good relationship with someone, are you providing adequate time to that person? You know, relationships are built, you know, spending time together and getting to know one another, sharing experiences, building, you know, uh, you know, opportunities together. And if you're not really paying attention to that other person, eventually that will suffer. And so are you doing what you need to do in that way? So I think for many, many people in their 20s, it's about thinking, what, what do you want to do? And this is your time in your 20s. You get to kind of dream. You get to think because you don't have a lot of the responsibilities. You get older. You sort of made those choices and your life is, is a little bit more limited. It's, you've got things you've got to, um, you know, you're responsible for. But for, for young people, they can begin to think, what are those hope for selves? What are those things I really want to commit to? And are you spending the time? doing those things right, that you need to do. Yeah, so it really comes down to the individual and what they believe they want to commit to. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's really, you've got to make those choices and what you want to prioritize. And everyone's going to be different. It's like I said, we're, we're stones. We're not bricks. With, you mentioned earlier in the beginning that anxiety is um, very high during this, during this population of us in our 20s. Do you think there's challenges today that people in their 20s are facing that previous generations didn't have to face? Well, yes and no. I I think there are certain things that are very similar, but there's also every generation has its unique challenges. Um, You know, today, I think that that young people are, are less life prepared than, say, previous generations. And some of the literature that's the research coming out, they call 25 the new 18 you know, um, from previous generations. And it's really a reflection of you didn't have to do things that were necessary, the life skills that were necessary in previous generations. Um, and But different people have had different experiences throughout life. I do remember this one fellow, his name was Zygmunt Pozniak, um, that I knew when I was younger. Um, he uh, actually was, he grew up in Poland and he went to medical school, graduated, in 1939, and that was the year that the Nazis invaded Poland. So he was immediately put into a work camp. So here he is in his early 20s, right? He was 22 years old, right? He's put in a work camp. Well, he escaped, right? He got, he got caught, 
And then he was sent to Auschwitz for three years, right? And then he was there for three years, barely survived, but then he was transferred to another uh, concentration camp, right? And he was sent to uh, Mauthausen, right? Where he spent the rest of the war. So he lived almost the entire war in concentration camps. Uh, eventually he was um, released after the war and he became one of the many refugees that throughout Europe. So he spent some time in Italy and then eventually he, he was transferred to England and then eventually made his way to Canada. So by the time he was 34, his life had changed dramatically. He lost his family. He lost everyone. So when you look at different people at different stages of their life, um, you know, you, you know, previous generations had their own trials to go through and they had their own issues to deal with. Today, young people face other types of challenges and, and, and things that are more age, you know, what I would call generational. Um, you have far more technology, you have more distractions, and the pace of life is very fast, uh, which brings with it its own anxiety. And so there's this notion, and there's this, you know, the, the technology has had a traumatic influence on young people, so much so it's influencing their relationships. It's influencing their ability to think. It's influencing their pace of life, their social networks, all sorts of things. And, uh, and not always for the good. And those things we're beginning to see um, having more of an issue about people in their 20s. And then there is the phenomenon of young people not growing up as quickly, right? And like I said, postponed until 25 or maybe even later. The, I say this, the sort of the, the case where you have the 34-year-old young man living in the basement of his parents, right? And well, that's just a travesty, right? And that, in, at least in my opinion, you know, this is a person that's sort of wasting their life. They've got things they can give. There's things they can do. We all do. Right, that we can share and 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 uh, that are of value to other people, and that you're sort of like burying your talents, so to speak. And I think the point that you made earlier about prioritizing really um, pulls into this as well. And um, individuals in their twenties really prioritizing and being aware of what how much time they're taking on certain things, media and technology, for example, and how that's affecting their life, relationships, family. Yeah. Whatever it may be, what it what it calls causing it to be a challenge. Yeah, and and I tell people, I said, how much time are you spending online doing things? Uh, there was a study that came out that even a, a older adults are spending half their waking hours online. You know, and I, whether it's true or not, who knows? But I thought it was interesting that we're we're becoming a virtual life and not living a real life. I, but I also think there's a lot of young people are sensing that now, and I think there's going to be sort of a backlash because I think you know. I think there's a sense of I'm not connecting with people. I feel lonely. And loneliness is a huge problem right now in the United States. It's a health problem. And if you're a very if you're a lonely person, the equivalent is like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day in terms of your health. And so being able to be connected with other people is very important. And the one thing that people are reticent about getting out and meeting people, they're saying, well, you know, I don't know if they'll like me. Well, you know what? Everyone thinks that way. Right. So everyone thinks that way. And people are looking for human connection and just understand that. And if you're out there and if you're you know, trying to make connections, it'll happen. So, Dr. Peterson, you're giving really great advice. Um, you're obviously no longer in your 20s. So if you <laughs> don't mind the hair, right? OK. Yeah. So if you could be transported back in time, what advice would you give your 20 something self? Um, there's a few things that I, I would, you know, I, I think back on my twenties and actually I, I can hardly can remember them anymore. I, I, there's certain things I do, but 
I, I do remember, and I, I always use my story because as I to- told people previously, I, I had a hard time going to school and I had a hard time getting through school, deciding what I want to do. I was good at school. That wasn't a problem. But deciding what I want to do was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I would say is every experience adds to growth. So everything that you do, you know, I remember going through a time and saying, you know, people my age, they're buying houses. And here I was in school and I had no money. And um, you know, or I wasn't doing, I wasn't traveling that much. Why? Because I didn't have any money, right? You know, I say, well, money is everything. No, it's not. I said, there's so many things that I had opportunities to do. But the idea is that it, not to compare myself and not to go out and cont- compare myself with where other people are. We tend to do that just as a general rule. We always look at other people and we size them up and we say, well, what are you doing? And am I, how do I compare to you? Really get away from that. That would be one of my advice. And it took me a while to learn that. Now I don't really care. And and I'm very happy when people are really successful and I'm, you know, and people have unique experiences. I just, I actually get kind of excited about what they do. All right. You just traveled, right? So it's fine and fun. I'll never go there, but wherever you went, that was fun, right? So anyway, so it's a, it's a good thing, but every experience adds to growth. It builds that career capacity. Um, My very serpentine life led to all sorts of experiences, so much so that people will ask me and say, where did, where did you do all this stuff? And I said, well, that's because I never could decide what to do, so I hopped around a lot. But I built a lot, right? And I had lots of unique experiences, things I won't share at the moment, but, <laughs> but things that, that were there. And the other thing is don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush, and it's okay to risk, right? You can take risks. When you're in your 20s, you can take risks. Calculated risks, not silly risks, but calculated risks. Move to a new city. It's, and if you can, you know, start start a new, you know, something new. I, a lot of our students do that. They go out and they go out to another uh, state or some of them move overseas. It's very interesting to see what they do. Uh, but you can do that in your 20s because you don't have as many responsibilities. You're really just kind of taking care of yourself at the moment or perhaps one other. Um, but be willing to take those and don't be in a rush to try to get everything immediately within your like three to four years. It's enjoy it. You've got a lot of energy. You've got a lot of time, may not have a lot of resources, but that'll come. It's, it's all part of it. And eventually things do work out. You just got to keep walking, right? Got to keep doing and moving forward, never giving up, always moving forward, always making choices and just walk one step in front of the other. Every, every experience counts. That was a quote, right? Mm-hmm. That's a Facebook status. <laughs> And don't be in a rush. I think that's something very important um, for us in our 20s to understand as well. So we're going to wrap it up. And as we wrap up, what do you want us to remember so that we are better able to navigate through our 20s and not be so stressed out? Well, I think a couple takeaways from this is one is remember that your 20s, you're going to be wayfaring, right? You're going to have an adventure. You're going to build your own story, right? You're going to write your own story. And you have choices you're going to make and you're going to go and you really don't know what those are going to be five years from now or even 10 years from now. You don't know where you're going to be. I don't know where I'm going to be. But you're going to be making some major choices, right? And you're going to wayfare your way through. It won't be linear. Things are going to happen. You're going to meet new people. You're going to have different opportunities. Things will change. And things totally unpredictable are going to happen, both for the good and maybe not for the not so good. And so you've got to learn to adapt to that and be open to that. In fact, 
you got to you have to realize that life is sort of is there's so many different forces and so many different things that are going to occur. Your ability to navigate, right? Your ability to to flex, your ability to see opportunities and to seize opportunities is very important. And also, it's very important as you wayfare to have good companions, right? To people that can help you. And don't always hang out with people your own age because they can't help you as much as you think they can. It's good to know older people. It's good to know people that have decision-making authority, that can give you opportunities. And many people in their 50s and 60s just enjoy helping people in their 20s. Right. They see that and they say, wow, you know, this would be a great I can see myself like this. And they and they see the talents and they see some potential in people. But in order to be seen, you've got to go out there. You've got to be sailing. You can't be sitting in a harbor and just, you know, sitting inside your boat. You got to be moving forward and you got to be making choices and you got to be out there. Right. So don't be afraid to do that. Two is don't compare. Right. Just don't compare yourself to other people. It's your life. You are your own life. You are your own person. You have your own unique set of skills, abilities, talents, dreams, fears, the whole thing. That's you. And and that's good. All right. And realize that your life will not be like everyone else's. Right. And you need to just accept that and be willing to also understand that you have a unique ability to provide value to others. Right. And it's all about discovering that and then building that and then utilizing that. And then lastly, I just want to make you let people know that you can do this, right? I, I, you know, I just see so many people and so many success stories. And I know in the back of mind, somebody is saying, I will be the first failure. No, you won't, because a million people are thinking that right now, right? And you all can't be the worst failure. You can't be that. In fact, there's always an apprehension. There's always sort of this intrepidation of what the unknown is going to bring. But the unknown is what makes life interesting. If you knew exactly the way your life was going to be, your life would be so too predictable and too boring. So knowing, having this unknown makes life interesting. It makes the adventure worthwhile. And it may be tough and it may be incredibly joyful at times, but that's just the nature of life. And so it's about a little bit about resilience, about sticking to it, about committing. It's about just keep walking. You know, there's this phrase that says, um, keep calm and carry on, right? And it actually comes from World War II. It was one of the billboards that the um, British were going to have and put out as sort of a publication um, campaign to encourage the British people if the Nazis actually invaded Britain. They never used it, right? They never had to use that. But that phrase has become very common throughout uh, today. You'll see it all over the place. Keep calm and carry on. And that's a very important thing for young people to know. Keep calm, carry on. Things are going to work out. They're going to be maybe not exactly the way you want, but it could be even better than what you wanted. It could be even even more glorious than you could possibly imagine. And so the key is to keep walking and and believe that you can do this. And we'll be sure to highlight those very three important points in the description as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Peterson. Thank you for your insights and advice on navigating through our 20s. It gives us all currently in our 20s some hope and encouragement.